I'm Dan Pramat, and welcome to Axios Recap, presented by General Motors. Today's Thursday, April 29th. U.S. GDP is up, jobless claims are down, and we're focused on if reopening will fully revive the world of in-person entertainment. Earlier today, something called Endeavor went public on the New York Stock Exchange. It's the big Hollywood company that owns both the William Morris Talent Agency and the Ultimate Fighting Championship, and which, before the pandemic, had largely transformed itself into one of the company's largest live events operators. For example, one of the things it owns is something called On Location, which sells exclusive or VIP-like experiences at sporting events like NFL games and major tennis tournaments. Endeavor also has a growing streaming business with customers like World Wrestling Entertainment. It had previously tried to go public in 2019, but couldn't pull it off. Today, though, it did. Why it matters is that a company like Endeavor could be an avatar for the broader in-person events business and how it does or doesn't recover. Everything from going to a sporting event to going to the movies. And while we all expect to go out more, there are some entertainment industry concerns that some parts don't come all the way back, that lots of consumer behavior have shifted online forever. So today we want to speak with Patrick Whitesell, who co-founded Endeavor with Ari Emanuel and who currently serves as its executive chairman. We'll ask about why Endeavor is going public now, what it means for the live events business, and how those events might change. That conversation in 15 seconds. We're joined now by Patrick Whitesell, executive chairman of Endeavor. Uh, so Patrick, let's start with timing. Uh, you guys almost went public uh, in late 2019. That didn't work out. You're, you're now going public in the spring of 21. Obviously, a lot of that is company-specific, balance sheet-specific. But should we take the fact that you're going public now as a reflection on what you think is about to happen to the live events business going forward? Yeah, 100%. I think as the world reopens, I think a lot of the businesses that we are in are that not only have survived are going to thrive. You mentioned live events. We saw it this past weekend, obviously, with the UFC with a sellout in Jacksonville, Florida. We're seeing it kind of across all the areas of life, you know, whether it's music, Broadway will be back in the fall, and the demand is kind of insatiable. So that is a big factor. And I think also just the consumption of premium content of all forms, sports and television, film, et cetera, all the things that we're kind of in the middle of, you see an incredible demand for it. So yeah, I think the timing for all those things bode really well for us. Patrick, you came up as an agent, including for writers. If you were going to write a very quick couple-line treatment of Endeavor's year for the last year, the storyline would be what? Wow, that's a great question. I think the storyline would be survive and thrive. When the pandemic came, the whole world came to a stop. And I think for all of us, that was a kind of a trying times. But going through trying times actually made us stronger, obviously made us even tighter, you know, kind of on our cost structure. And more importantly, what we saw was that the demands that we saw going into COVID and where the business was heading around content, live events, live sports, premium IP, during COVID were more important than ever. You saw the consumption. You've seen, obviously, all the numbers around the streaming. That's pretty obvious. You saw what the UFC did. The UFC not only survived, but thrived um, and had the best year they ever had during COVID. And now, as you see the world opening, everybody wanting to be back in some type of communal fashion. So that was longer than two sentences, but that would be our story. 
We could make it a two-part film. So, so Patrick, let, let me ask about two pieces of that. The, the first is the streaming part. You know, streaming obviously did very well kind of broadly last year. Is it your belief that the streaming industry is going to continue building on top of that? Or do you think it pulls back a bit because a lot of us were streaming content because we couldn't go to the movie theaters and, and we couldn't go to live events? No, I think it continues to expand. And obviously you see by everybody what they're spending this year. Netflix is increasing their spend. Everybody's adding to it. And I think the biggest thing about that, Dan, is that once we went from a linear world to a digital world, on a linear world, there was finite real estate, right? There was 24 hours a day of cable channels. There was X number of movie theaters with X number of screens. So they needed five, 600 movies in the United States a year to fill the pipe. Now it's infinite. And what they're, what the consumer is getting is a, overwhelming amount of content available to them at all times, right? 24-7 on whatever device. And all of the people who are in the streaming business have to continue to fill that bucket. So, and they need premium, iconic, original stuff that's on their platform and nowhere else. So I think it's only going to continue to grow. I think that that the consumers are going to demand that. So I think that's going to bode really, really well for our clients and for, you know, for the consumers. Do you believe the consumers demanding that also, though, when it comes to feature films? And I guess I ask in the context, record low ratings for the Oscars the other night. And part of that seems to be because most of us didn't watch the movies that came out on streaming. You know, if it wasn't in a theater, we didn't see it. I think that's a good point. I think the theatrical business not being there certainly affected the Oscars and the people's awareness to it. And I think, but what is good, if you've been following the box office the last few weeks, it's coming back and people are going to the cinemas without even them being really full. But if you saw the, you know, between you know, Godzilla and King Kong movie this past week with Mortal Kombat and Demon Slayer. So you're seeing major, major, you know, box office trends and, and you're going to see big tentpole movies come out this summer. So I think box office is coming back. People want that communal experience of going to the movie theater. So I think the theater business, you know, over the next six months to a year is going to thrive. Let's push the live events a little bit. A huge part of Endeavor's business, more so than where you started. Do you believe that in a few months, live events are going to look like they looked in 2019 and before? Or are there some permanent pandemic changes to the way that we attend events and the way you guys help uh, create them? Well, listen, obviously over the next you know year and ongoing, there's a safety perspective around that, around health. That'll absolutely be a factor that is, you know, that is uh, factored in here. But at the end of the day, what is undeniable is the demand for that. And we, we own a business called On Location, which creates VIP experiences. And we're seeing the demand that we're getting from them to be at record levels uh, for us. So I think it'll change in somewhat. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, we will, I think everybody has a handle on how to put on events safely, how to keep people safe. Obviously, the vaccinations going around worldwide will help. I'm sure there will be some modifications, but I don't think modifications in the sense that will make the experience less enjoyable. Will it make the experiences more expensive since you guys have extra health costs? You know, that's that's hard to say. I think that'll vary from event to event. I mean, again, you got to remember, we also we have a bunch of events that we own and we put on. And there obviously will be probably some incremental safety costs into that. But on the other side of it is on the client side, you know, I think the demand for tickets and also the economy looks really strong. If you look at the next, you know, 12 months, everybody's pretty bullish on that. Consumer spending looks like it's going to be up. So I think a lot of the trends actually point very favorably, even if you factor in incremental additional costs for COVID-related issues. 
when you talk about talent and on the representation side, and, and we were speaking about kind of the the rise, not just of streaming, but of people uh, consuming content on their phones or, or on their screens. On the representation side, have you guys gotten into the social media influencer representation business? Yes, we have a whole, what we call our digital uh, representation business, where we have signed selectively people that we think that are obviously growing in those areas, whether it's TikTok or on Instagram or, you know, YouTube. And, you know, we'll be selective about that because obviously we want people that we think have durability and can kind of transcend the platform they're on. But yes, content creators are coming from all places and we're well positioned and we have signed people in those areas and we'll continue to sign them. You also have added um, arguably the biggest social media influencer to your board in Elon Musk. What does Elon bring to Endeavor as a director? Well, I think he's, you know, obviously a visionary businessman, um, incredibly talented, incredibly creative. And I think just having him and, you know, kind of the way he sees the world on our board and to give us kind of advice and perspective is invaluable. I mean, he's, he's it's undeniable what he's built kind of time and time again in his businesses. So we're really grateful to have Elon with us and to be able to pick his brain and to get his counsel. How much did you have to weigh the risks of having Elon on your board, just the PR risks, because he uh, sometimes does some things and says some things that are a little bit controversial? Well, Elon's, you know, personality, but we like personalities. And so, uh, you know, we're comfortable with it. And, uh, you know, in being in the entertainment business, we've dealt with personalities, whether we represent them, we have a few that we work with. So <laughs> I guess we got a lot of uh, experience in that area. So we're, again, we're thrilled to have him. As part of this IPO, you guys acquired the part of UFC that you didn't already own. And, and you own the, for example, the Professional Bull Riders uh, League. Is the vision of Endeavor to continue buying sports leagues? You know, we will continue to be opportunistic there. If there's other things out there, they're hard to find, and there's not as many of them where you can actually, you know, have something like the UFC or pro bowl writing where you kind of can buy something, you know, kind of A to Z. Um, so, yes, we will be opportunistic because those businesses really thrive on our platform. We feel like we have and will continue to get more juice out of each squeeze because they're part of the Endeavor network. Patrick, final question for you. Uh, your partner, CEO of Endeavor, uh, Ari Emanuel, obviously was kind of immortalized on the show Entourage by Jeremy Piven. If there is a TV show made about Patrick Whitesell, who do you want to be the actor? Well, that's a great question. Brad Pitt would be good. You know, actually, probably one of my clients. You can pick Matt Damon, Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale. I'm going to leave you out, but you start there and then we'll, we'll go from there. Any of them would be good. Patrick Whitesell, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back. What we're watching today is the broader reopening story, as reflected in gross domestic product, or GDP. The U.S. Commerce Department reports that first quarter GDP climbed to 6.4% and would have been even a few points higher if they hadn't been subtracted for inflation. Economists now expect that second quarter numbers will come in even higher, with the full year average to come out to around 6.6%. If that happens, it would be the strongest annual GDP jump since 1984 and around triple what we got in 2010 coming out of the Great Recession. The bottom line, the roaring 20s look like they're here again. And finally, we are also watching what comes of yesterday's FBI raids on the homes of Rudy Giuliani and one of his legal associates, ostensibly to gather evidence in a possible case involving illegal lobbying in Ukraine. As The New York Times writes, quote, the execution of search warrants is an extraordinary action for prosecutors to take against a lawyer, let alone a lawyer for a former president. 
Giuliani had originally said he'd respond to the raid during his New York City radio program, but then he didn't show up for his own show. He's now expected to appear tonight on Fox News. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Naomi Shaven, Sabina Singani, and Alex Sugiara. If you don't already follow this podcast and haven't left us a review, please do both of those things. Have a great national zipper day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios recap.